This is Dr. Robert Frankel. I'm an emergency medicine and anti-aging physician, and welcome to the Modern Man Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about important topics for men, which include male aesthetics, health, and wellness. But most importantly, we try to remove the stigma of male aesthetics because I think that it's important to understand what men can do for aesthetics and how important it is to for their social and psychological well-being and ultimately just to feel and look good. So take the journey with me. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fun. So enjoy it. I think the next episode will be really interesting and informative. So take a listen. Hope you enjoy it. Again, this is Dr. Rob Frankel. Enjoy the episode. Thank you. Okay, welcome back to another very interesting and exciting episode of the Modern Man Podcast. I think arguably the most exciting one. <laughs> Not that, I mean, what else or how else are we supposed to follow up with the Save the Mullet series? True. How do we top that? This is true. So we're going to try, though. I mean, we. I wanted to try to, I wanted to try to get this ser- this episode or kind of start this series in October, but we missed it by like a week. So. And around here, we like to celebrate the spooky things all year round. Correct. So, I think that this really kind of like fits with kind of the, you know some of the uh, things that you know both Zoe and I are most interested in and uh, I think maybe some of you might be interested in too aesthetics and um, serial killers I mean that's how I take my coffee in the morning (laughs) (laughs) I love some good true crime I will be the first to admit that I'm all over the true crime podcasts and that's why we thought that it would be great to do a special episode and hopefully a series sprinkled in throughout our regular scientific programming and combine a little bit of true crime with an aesthetics point of view. Right. So, of course, you know, we don't advocate and we think that, you know, everything that, you know, the people that, you know, did uh, these heinous events were horrible people and and of course we think that anything that they did was horrible and we're and not- in no way do we support the actions the mentality of any serial killer or anyone that has com- committed crime that is not what we are here to support we're here mainly mainly to discuss um the psych- psych- psychological there we go, I'm getting tongue twisted, um, aspect of how if you look at um, someone like Jeffrey Dahmer, for example, mm-hmm. how would things have been different if male aesthetics were used? Or if you look at it with a male aesthetics approach. So today we're going to dig deep into that. Yeah. And so, and we're not saying that if he, you know, did... Brotox that maybe he would have not been as psychotic as he was. I mean, because there's Ted Bundy. 
though he was very good looking and he that didn't stop him from being a horrific person who committed heinous crimes so yes that's not what that's also not the angle we're trying to get to today that's true so but you know we look at famous people and you know and most famous people a lot of famous people that we see are you know movie stars models and there already are have aesthetic you know they have have aesthetic things done so we wanted to find people that are famous that are maybe infamous that probably didn't have aesthetic things done i don't think so especially not when uh, jeffrey dahmer was around that was not necessarily um common nothing he did was common this is true <laughs> this is very true so um so we're going to go through and um we're going to go through and uh and yes so we're the interesting thing is that we do have some mug shots uh sitting around the office of Jeffrey Dahmer and um you know just casually no big deal and you know some people might say like why does Dr. Frankel have mug shots was the pink party just too much for him <laughs> um but no this is this is because we are going to look at Jeffrey Dahmer aesthetically and we're going to say like what could we have done for him aesthetically um that you know, maybe have changed his mindset about things. Right. If they are, if it was, it's just an interesting topic to me, and I'm uh, excited to talk about it. Yes. So the the really interesting thing, and and um, you know, Zoe, I I mean, I know that this weekend I sent you a bunch of different mug shots, and you probably you know, saw your phone get blown up with a bunch of pictures of Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, yeah, guys, nothing like Dr. Frankel <laughs> sending you pictures of Jeffrey Dahmer at 9.30 on a Sunday morning. That wasn't uh, concerning at all. If I didn't know him, I would have called the police. Yeah. But um, With no caption, just yeah. a bunch of photos. Right, right, right. So, um, and the reason why there's so many mugshots of Jeffrey Dahmer is because the interesting thing is that he was caught so many times before he actually was truly captured for his horrible crimes before he actually the cops figured out what he was actually doing that's insane that's so mind-boggling and just adds to this entire the story of Jeffrey Dahmer right and so that's what like you know I love doing research on these projects because of the fact that you know, obviously, you know, we focus on the aesthetics part of it and we focus on like what we would do, you know, because aesthetics is, you know, what we talk about here. And we obviously talk about, um, you know, wellness and, you know, other things that, you know, modern men are in- interested in. But the really interesting thing also are kind of the history of some of the things that we find out. And so, in 1978, you might be interested in, it was the first time that Jeffrey Dahmer killed somebody. And he killed, it was, it was actually a hitchhiker. Um, and so that was his first murder. But he was actually arrested for like indecent exposure in 1981. So he, he, he already had killed somebody by 1978 and he had been arrested and had his first mugshot in 1981. 
So... Which is insane, because back then we didn't have all the great internet sleuths that we have now, and the all the criminology is not the same as it was back then. But still, that's a long time to go. Several years. So from 1981, he had had three, uh, two other mugshots until his last mugshot, which we'll look at, 1991, which was where he actually was fully captured um, and he was taken into custody for um, his real crime, you know, real crimes of um, murdering 15 people in 13 years. Um, and so that we'll go through um, 1998, uh, 1981, his mugshot there, and we'll talk about some of the things aesthetically he could have done back then. Maybe that would have, you know, changed his disposition. And then even 1991, uh, his mugshot at that time, and what things had changed by then, um, and what things, you know, he probably should have been doing even at that time. So um, it's kind of, it's kind of really interesting. Um, I guess the, you know, people have, I guess there's, there's a series that has been on TV. I don't know which channel it's on, but um, some people have talked, uh, told me about that they watched it and that there was, there was actually somebody who actually escaped from him. He was a 14 year old kid who escaped and he went to the cops and uh, told them about him and this was years before he was caught and the cops you know went to his house and he just made up some story and they didn't believe the kid and he they could have caught him at that time so and Jeffrey Dahmer was able to convince these cops that the kid was lying and that is the true sign of a sociopath so so incredible just insane yes so um so we'll go through. Um, the first mugshot of Jeffrey Dahmer was in 1978, uh, 1981, when he was 32 years old. And if you look at him, the first thing that you see he is that he has um, pretty bad acne scarring. And that's one of the things that um, is pretty prevalent in his mugshot. And it's pretty much and his whole lower face, um, you have to kind of take your eyes away from his bad 1970s mustache. Um, <laughs> Just the classic when people say the creepy serial killer look. It's it's the whole, yeah, the mustache, the glasses. Yeah, I mean, he had it all. I mean, really, like, he was, I mean, he, like, fit the, fit the profile or... I mean, he probably created the profile. Honestly. Yes, that's yes, helped create what the profile of someone who does these unspeakable acts. Yes, right. he definitely helped create that profile. Right. So, but he did have uh, terrible acne scarring. Um, so, you know, for for Jeffrey, like he probably had some, you know, pretty bad acne, and when he was younger, and um, you know, he maybe he had, um, you know, had had been. Um, you know, like made fun of as a kid, and maybe that was you know somewhat part of uh, some of his issues as he was an old, as an adult. Which just made his uh, psychosis and all his 
any mental instability he had was only could only be flared up and triggered if he was an outcast and that like you said the acne scarring if it was really bad when he was in high school and this if he picked at it didn't have any like routine didn't know how to take care of his skin uh probably did not help yeah i mean he had terribly terrible uneven like like tone of his skin like his skin was kind of um, besides for the acne scarring but like his pigment was very uneven meaning that he had some dark spots and light spots so you kind of look at it and you kind of see that um, the skin was very uneven and so the first thing that you would do and the first thing that I would I would say is you know Jeffrey you should really kind of do some serious exfoliation and what you would probably start with is something like uh, microdermabrasion um, just to kind of get kind of the overall first couple of layers of that you know dead skin off your face I mean that is really important I probably wouldn't use those exact terms with him, um, but you know, because you don't want to kind of talk about dead kind of dead things. Yes, in the same conversation. Right. <laughs> but you definitely want to kind of get rid of those cells off your skin because any uneven skin tone, it's really important to kind of get that exfoliation. You want to be able to get that those layers off because what that does is that will give you like an initial glow but it also helps to clean out the pores it helps to get the skin kind of allow the collagen to regrow because once that you know skin is kind of layered there it's not able to kind of constantly grow and kind of regrow and kind of get that you know new collagen growing and that's probably part of what you know one of his issues is why his you know skin was so uneven so you know good exfoliation do a microdermabrasion you could do it like every other week would probably i would say would be a great idea for you so that's the first thing the second thing for the, the for the acne scarring would be mic, uh, microneedling oh that would have been really good that would help a lot oh my god for 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 jeff i would say look like you know at this point the best thing for you is like acne scarring you know is created by you know often damaged collagen or damaged elastin so what micro needling does is it causes the deep layers of the skin which is the dermis it creates that part of the skin to create an organized injury of that part of the skin and so when that happens it creates the collagen to regenerate the collagen the elastin and all those parts of the cells to really regenerate and develop and so that scarring actually you know is greatly improved by the fact that you use the microneedling now you could use microneedling with you know just hyaluronic acid which hyaluronic acid is a great kind of medium because that's what's used in um, many of the many of the products that we use you know such as hyaluronic fillers um, dermal fillers um, it's it's in our joints it hydrates the skin it lifts the skin and it helps the collagen regrow but 
would probably be even a better kind of choice for him um, would be adding platelet-rich plasma. And we talk, you know, we talk a lot about platelet-rich plasma. We talked last week when we were talking about, um, you know, hair restoration, how valuable platelet-rich plasma is. Um, you could actually do microneedling with platelet-rich plasma. And so what that's going to do is that's going to take that platelet-rich plasma, those stem cells, those growth factors, get to the deep layers of the skin, create that damaged area, you know, those damaged collagen cells, and then regenerate them. And you know those platelets are those first responders, you know, and they help to get in there and they help to help to um, you know release those growth factors and they help to repair the damaged collagen and incredible results that we get with any type of acne scarring with patients that, that get either just microneedling alone or um, you know platelet plasma I would say for Jeffrey we'd probably want to do microneedling with platelet-rich plasma. You know why I'd say that, Zoe? No, why would you say that specifically? For him, specifically, because you need less treatments to do um, microneedling with PRP because of the fact that it has such a great medium, um, because of the fact that, you know, with the growth factors and um, with the growth factors and the um, you know, and the stem cells, you only usually need three treatments to get the maximum results. With just microneedling with hyaluronic acid, you might need six treatments. That way, we won't have to have them in the office. Which would be good for everybody involved, and it sounded like this man was very busy anyway, so <laughs> he had a full schedule. Right, so I think that, so for him, microneedling with PRP would be, you know, a much better choice um, to improve uh, Jeffrey's acne scarring. So I think that that, you know, would be the, the most appropriate, you know, situation. Now, in 1991, he was arrested for his, um, his crimes. Um, he was a little older. Um, and I think that, you know, looking at, looking at his uh, mugshot from 1981 to 1991, you could see a large difference in his face. Um, maybe his diet had wrecked havoc on his skin. Or the stress, you would think. <laughs> maybe if he was a sociopath, he didn't have stress, but definitely something going on. Right. And so you know, like, his diet was pretty, his diet was pretty poor. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, let's, you know, let's look at, you know, let's look at his uh, mugshot from 1991 and see what you know jumps out at um, at that. Um, so the first thing, if you look at it, he did actually have, um, like right in the middle of his forehead, he had you know those lines that have developed and there's kind of that, those stress lines right between the eyes that we call you know the 11s. The, those lines are usually created by you know just kind of like that pensive looking, and I was stress, you know, I'm just, you know, either, um, um, you know, worried about my mortgage or I'm worried about, you know, the next person I am looking for um, to hunt down, I guess. 
Right. Yeah. So this is kind of, I guess, the, um, you know, the worry lines that are created. And, um, and so this is, um, you know, this was, you know, this is the first thing that I would say. And uh, so Jeffrey um, would definitely benefit from uh, Botox or Brotox in this case because... He has those 11s between his eyebrows. Mm. And um, this is the only thing I can relate to Mr. Dahmer with. Um, I get really bad 11s between my eyebrows. Mm. And Botox and Brotox for men mm -hmm. really helps with that. It's minimal um, procedure, or even it's just a little quick pinch and does a lot of, makes a big difference. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to definitely, you know, get rid of those worry lines. It definitely, those, those, those lines definitely age you. But, I mean, you know, for the most part, it definitely makes you, you know, look like you're not, you know, having, you know, those worry lines. And so, um, you know, I think that that, you know, that, that definitely would be beneficial for him. Um, I mean, it even will give you a little bit of a lift. And he, he did have some even lines on his forehead. Now, the one thing about, you know, doing Botox or Brotox is that, you know, you can almost see those lines and he's only 31 that are even present uh, in the middle of his eyes that are present without him even making uh, expression. You know, these lines are usually created by expression. When those lines are created without expression, they, they're called static lines. So when they develop without, you know, without any movement at all, um, you know, these lines are, um, we call uh, static lines. And so if you don't do, um, you know, any type of neurotoxin like um, Brotox or Botox, um, you're going to develop these lines permanently and they're much harder to get rid of um, because of that. So, um, so it's important to, to, you know, do those, you know, do that procedure early. So, um, so yeah, so that'd be the first thing I would say that would be really helpful for him. Um, what else would you, what else do you think this lunatic could have benefited from? So I think also, um, now if you look at, if you also look at, you know, if you look at kind of like his neck, you know, his necklines too, you know, already you could see that he had, you know, hanging skin, um, you know, below his neck, you know, like he already was, you know, at 31, he was already kind of aging and he was kind of losing kind of that, um, and he was losing his tone you know, below his neck, and he was having sagging skin below his, his neckline. And this, you know, as you get older, is just going to get, you know, worse. And um, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, overweight, or he didn't, you know, have, um, you know, he didn't have a lot of fat in that area, but it, this was just hanging skin. And so this, um, in itself, is you know, harder to treat as you get older because this is just hanging skin. So you really need to kind of focus on this early um, because of the fact that um, working on kind of hanging skin and kind of like tightening it is really, really important. Um, so that would be the next thing I would focus on. And I think that he would benefit from something like radio frequency. Um, what radio frequency does, radio frequency is electromagnetic waves. 
Um, so electric magnetic waves, basically what it does is it helps to kind of shrink the collagen, shrink the cells um, between the collagen, and that creates the tightness or the tautness that you know causes you know the skin to become more tight and you're not going to have that sagginess that's produced um, so that hanging you know that loose hanging skin that he has present you know is going to be greatly improved once uh, we do usually a series we need a series of like uh, three treatments for him three or four treatments would be great um, either with regular radio frequency um, or um, or like a treatment of like a radio frequency with microneedling which would even be more beneficial because he has some abnormal kind of pigment still like his has you know like unevenness of his skin and you know that tightness you know the the tightness and the texture of his skin would be greatly improved by radio frequency with microneedling like a like a Vivace treatment would be awesome for him. It would take care of the texture and the elasticity of the of the skin. Right, and so um, so he would get like a tight neck and you know a taut neck, and he would uh, you know he would be much happier and uh, you know maybe not uh, maybe not look as aged. Um, maybe not going for the electric chair. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> if if I can pivot for a moment, something that's very interesting is that um, Dr. Frankel loves, as he said, we love the history and the research behind things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikola Tesla is actually the one who had a big part in electromagnetic uh, technology, mm-hmm. and uh, Tesla was in come competition with um, Thomas Edison. Mm -hmm. So uh, in order for Edison, um, he worked with Westinghouse. Mm -hmm. Westinghouse took um, Tesla's invention of direct current, whereas Thomas Edison used alternating current. And Westinghouse was like, look, this is how we, um, this is how dangerous Tesla's invention is. It's uh, you should use it for the electric chair, and that's how it was created. It was created by um, Thomas Edison's camp. And so uh, all of this, to me, I'm convinced Nikola Tesla come, is at the root of everything. He's a part in all these crazy stories. So right. there's my little Zoe side bit for the day. <laughs> yes, Nikola Tesla definitely has a lot to do with all of this, but not Jeffrey Dahmer. Though. Not Jeffrey Dahmer, no. no. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So that's uh, so so test so the, so it was that so it was that Edison said that Tesla's invention would create the the create the the uh, electric chair is that correct right? so they said they went around they said went around the country showing them look how dangerous that direct current is you could use it to kill someone and so they brought it um, he pitched it to the New York government. And said, I think for people who have a life sentence or a death sentence, actually, mm-hmm. um, you should use the electric chair instead of the poison that they would do. And that's that's how it started. To it was all a campaign to prove that Tesla's direct current was more dangerous than alternating current. Yeah. 
So there you go. That's my little sidetrack. Um, but I do think we can, Jeffrey Dahmer could have used a little bit more. Uh, what do you think about his chin and his jaw? Do you think you could have yeah. helped in that area? Yeah, I think that, I think definitely his chin and his jaw was, you know, like, also, like, one of the things that I think is really important is that, like, when your chin and your jaw are not strong, it's it definitely kind of makes, um, you know, not it, it gives you kind of less less of a masculine appearance, and uh, I think that that you know definitely um, you know creates a you know a, a psyche that you know might have uh, you know hurt you know Dahmer. I don't know, possibly, but. I mean, I think that, you know, uh, some good dermal filler would have, have really kind of created a nice, sharp, you know, jawline for uh, Jeffrey. And uh, his chin definitely was short and, and uh, narrow. And he needed really like a nice kind of strong chin to be able to look, you know, like, a, you know, have a strong kind of appearance because of the fact that you know the the small chin that he had um, really was um, you know really kind of uh, made it look overall weak um, you know and that probably was not you know a healthy look especially if he was gonna get the lethal injection yeah no yeah so um, so so yes so I would say that you know the best you know approach for him would be you know, after he got, uh, you know, the radio frequency to kind of lift that sagginess under the neck area, that, um, you know, dermal fillers like a Voluma, like a Versa, would be great to be placed in the jawline to make a nice straight line, to make a nice contoured um, jawline, and definitely a nice strong chin um, is really, you know, vital for, you know, nice masculine look, which he definitely did not have. Um, I wonder though, at the time when they were using the electric hair, didn't they, uh, had to have a chin strap. Oh, absolutely. So that they didn't move. They would, um, put your head, put a cap on your head, a buckle mm -hmm. under your chin, and then put another bag over your face so that the people in the room watching couldn't see the look of horror as you died. So, so I wonder, since he had such a thin chin... Oh, if this strap even would have been able to stay on? Yeah. Oh, we're getting really morbid in here. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, I mean, you know, his his cheeks were also kind of... Like, his face in general was kind of narrow, right? And, um, you know, he definitely would have benefited from, you know, having some cheekbones, too. I mean, I think that all guys should have a little bit of cheekbones. It gives you... You know, that kind of like, uh, like you don't need, like you don't, definitely don't want to have like kind of, a, a, you know, expansive cheekbones. Um, you just need just a little bit of kind of cheek, you know, for all guys. Um, but, you know, a narrow kind of flat, you know, kind of face is never really kind of like what you, what you kind of look at and say, okay, that's, that looks great. Like that's what he had, kind of like a flat kind of narrow face. A little bit of cheekbones just give you a little bit of definitions and with a straight jawline and it's look. not uh what anyone's really looking for aesthetically in serial killers and non-serial killers this is true yeah so um you know but i mean ultimately of course um you know 
uh, he he um, he he uh, did not have any of these things, and um, and even if he did have any of these things, it would not have changed the fact that he probably still would have killed everybody, <laughs> all those people, even if he was had his aesthetics to a T. Yes, so that's true. It's just a fun little game because we can sit here and pick apart Brad Pitt and see what uh, kind of aesthetics, injectables, dermaflores, Botox, etc. What he's done, what he should have, right. but uh, here at the Modern Man Podcast we do it a little bit differently. That's right, yes. And of course, you know, again, we don't advocate and we are, you know, completely, you know, against and think that everything that he did was heinous and horrible and um but we we're just of course trying to um you know just having you know just having a little conversation and kind of to see um what you know people who are um not having people who are famous who you know or infamous I should say uh, that uh, that obviously have not had work what they you know what they would probably need Right. So it's a fun little spooky exercise. So in the middle of all the very scientific information Dr. Frankel gives us, uh, we'll pop in with a little next episode in this serial killer series that we have on the Modern Man podcast. That's right. I think we'll go back to um, some some more serious uh, uh, topics next week, but I'm sure... You know, sometime before the new year, we'll find another serial killer to uh, evaluate and, um, you know, talk about. It might be fun. I'm certainly enjoying it. Yes. So, I hope you did enjoy it. I hope you understand that we're just having a, um, a interesting exercise. And, um, and, of course, we don't want... We don't condone actions of violence, nor are we encouraging them, nor do we think that any aesthetics will prevent or cause someone to uh, do these crimes. So just just a little PSA, just a little um, for the record. Right. There you go. Not trying to offend anyone. That's just correct. The true crime community from an aesthetics point of view. That's correct. But anyway. So, um, so if you did like this podcast and you'd like to hear about the history and the uh, aesthetic, um, you know, perspective of serial killers, then please do like, share, and um, comment below. And um, we look forward to hearing your comments and um, we look forward to always hearing from our modern man community. And um, we are... Um, looking forward to seeing you next week for another interesting and thought-provoking episode and um, we'll, we'll, see, you next we'll week. see you guys next time thanks for listening thank you